and welcome to SouthPod. We are very excited this month to be working with colleagues from East London Foundation Trust to develop a new service for patients who are experiencing common mental health problems like low mood or depression or anxiety. And one of the aspects of this new service is that we're going to have an online group therapy element. So what is group therapy and how will that help our patients? So to discuss this, I'm joined today by Lara Sutton, who is our mental health service user consultant. Lara, you're very welcome. And whilst you work here with us in the trust, you've also used mental health services in the past. Can you tell us your story, Lara? What what happened to you um, that you find yourself getting involved with group therapy? Okay, so back in 2011, Ruth, um, unfortunately, my daughter passed away um, at birth. So she was only four days old and um, she had been diagnosed with a very um, severe congenital heart defect and also a condition known as spectral syndrome, which was very rare. Um, so um, we had been attending um, Royal Victoria Hospital to a number of specialists um, during the pregnancy. But unfortunately, um, whenever Katie was born um, into July 2011, her prognosis was very poor. And um, after, you know, having taken advice from as far away as Birmingham, um, they decided that unfortunately there was no treatment available to her, um, either there or in Northern Ireland. So um, the medication was stopped and she received palliative care. And unfortunately, then she passed away at four days old um, in the Royal. So um, my pregnancy was quite complex and it was also a twin pregnancy. So um, Katie was survived by her um, identical twin, who thankfully was very healthy. Um, and really, you know, we were sent home with one very healthy wee baby and then obviously and we had to deal with the aftermath of Katie's death. And um, at that stage, I also had um, a son who was at secondary school and an 11 month old baby as well, um, who was just um, needed her money and, you know, was just sort of starting to walk and get into everything. So it was um, it was just definitely a very difficult time now. Um, and in those sort of days and weeks and months um, after Katie's passing, um, I find myself just struggling, um, as, as we all did in our family, you know, but um, as time went on, it, it didn't really improve. And I find that, you know, my mood was low. I was very anxious. I was agitated. Um, and um, I obviously had been attending my own GP um, who had been very attentive to me throughout the pregnancy. Um, but I suppose after that, um, and whenever Katie had passed away, you know, um, I had been referred on to bereavement counselling um, quite soon afterwards and then had attended, been attending GP, the counsellor, and um, really didn't feel that I was making much headway. I felt that the mood wasn't really improving and um, kept going back to the GP, was referred into um, mental health services in the Southern Trust and um, was seen by a, a number of different clinicians. Um, and I suppose my case, um, it was quite complex grief. Um, you know, it was very raw. And um, I just sort of felt like maybe I was going around in circles and that I wasn't making any headway. Um, so it was um, whenever then I had been put in touch with a group um, that was running locally. Um, and that, that was quite a while afterwards, you know, after Katie had passed away. But um, it took sort of that long for me to build up um, the courage and the momentum to go to actually go and attend that. And, 
when you're feeling sort of down and low like that, you know, it's maybe the last place you want to go or the last place you think you'll be able to go to, you know. But um, for me, definitely, um, it, it was the turning point, you know. So um, I would, you know, always have been singing the praises of, of groups and, and what it did for me, you know, to, to other people that I'd be in contact with. And, you know, now I'm at that stage, I suppose, um, 10 years down the line in my journey. And I actually now um, would do some volunteering with the, the group. It was a bereavement uh, support group that I had attended. Um, and I would do some volunteer work with them and try and give something back just to other people who were in the same um, situation that I was, you know, 10 years ago and just feeling those same type of feelings, you know. Well, can you describe those a bit more to us, Lara? I mean, as a mum yeah. myself, I can't, I can't even begin to imagine the heartbreak you must have went through. And what, yeah. what did you feel? It was time? just a sense of awful loss, you know, um, and a sense that something had been taken away from me, you know, and, and um, I suppose you go through a, a variety of emotions from, um, you know, just that sad, very great sadness. And then, you know, that can progress on into to feelings of loss, of anger, of, um, you know, just lots of different emotions going around your head. And sometimes I couldn't even have said what exactly those emotions were. It was just like, you know, everything was so jumbled up and confused. And I mean, I think it was you're trying also to balance family life and you know you're trying to be be a good mom and a good partner and um do all those things as best you can but well that sort of turmoil is going on you know inside your own head as well and it is hard to explain to people you know with the best will in the world it's hard to explain to other people who haven't been through that you know because um they're, they're maybe trying to help you and they're trying to understand but unfortunately you know um unless you've been through that yourself you know you don't really understand and um that's certainly what I find whenever I did go to the group. It was that just that sense of relief that people here were people that understood what I was going through, and here were people that understood my emotions. And I didn't feel that I was being judged, or I didn't feel that um, you know people were think would think bad of me for saying things, you know how I was feeling, or the you know the type of emotions I was having. So um, it was definitely at the start. Now it was very scary, and you know you're battling your own emotions, you're battling what's going on in your head, and. Um, I think in my case of just that very intense and very raw grief and feelings of guilt and you know lots of different things and the, the, the probably there weren't rational thoughts at that time you know but um they were nonetheless they were very real to me and you know they were they were going round and round in your head sort of so. As I was wondering just the whole idea with something so raw and so deeply personal I'm sure you were very apprehensive, maybe, about going into that group type setting to, yeah. to talk about something yeah. like this. Definitely was, uh, Ruth. And, um, you know, I, I sort of thought about it for quite a while and I talked it over with uh, my partner and with uh, my mum as well. And, you know, there was a fear of, of going in and the unknown and, and, you know, fear of opening up to strangers, obviously, and, you know, having to go in and introduce yourself and tell your story. And I mean, um, like at that time, definitely my emotions were, were still very high and you know people might look at me now and think oh she can talk about it now you know and, and but um you know back in those days back you know when it was very raw like I couldn't even have spoken about what was going on without crying you know and that seemed to be all I did sometimes was just cry you know and but uh you know now I do feel like I'm able to you know speak about it and um maybe be able to give somebody the hope that 
if they're a feeling like they would like to go to a group or you know they'd like to attend something like that that well it is it's a safe place it's you know it's confidential and that's one of the things I was worried about maybe that you know maybe there'd be someone there that I knew or you know um someone that knew me through work or whatever and you know all those sort of fears and, and those are all very normal and very natural but um as soon as I walked through the door you know I just immediately felt at ease and you know I felt welcomed and the people were were friendly and they were welcoming and they were supportive and you know there was no pressure in the group to speak you know if you um chose not to speak or if you weren't able to speak or you weren't able to tell your story or your background, you know, that was fine too. Because sometimes, like, there were there would maybe be months that went by that I didn't actually speak or didn't really verbalize what was going on. But even the fact that I was able to sit in the same room as those people who were had been through the same experience as me, and you know, that just that peer support, it was so important to me and so strong. And you know, I would the very first night I, I went to the group, you know, I can remember coming out into the car park and I just said to my husband, you know, I'm not you know, I'm not losing my mind because that's what I felt like, you know, when I went in and, you know, I just, I just came out and I was nearly skipped out, you know, because I felt I was on a high, you know, that, um, that there was light at the end of the tunnel for me and that there was something and bit by bit, like as the months, you know, went into years and like I still, now 10 years, still, you know, would attend that group and, you know, I get so much from it and I just, um, I'd like people to think that other people coming in here in the same, you know, position that I was you know that I would be able to maybe offer the way that I hope that um you know like for for a brave parent your life's never going to go back to the way it was before your child passed away but um really I sort of find that you just have to um learn to live that sort of new life and it's it's not a life that we ever wanted or imagined for ourselves but it's the life we've been given and you know um you just I feel that life's so very short and very precious and you just sort of have to to, to cling on to it and, and to try and make the best of it, you know. So for me, um, the group was just a godsend, you know, and you develop, you do develop friendships and you develop relationships with people who are there. And there's, you know, there's people who you are sort of drawn to. Like I find there were a few different people within the group who I would have had in common with maybe, you know, our children would have been a similar age or, you know, we would have had similar interests or whatever. And you do build up a rapport with people, you know, and it's nice, you know, it's nice to get to know people like that. And, just that support is, is great you know definitely I think it's lovely how you describe that really safe supportive mm-hmm. environment I mean sometimes in Northern Ireland we can be even in 2022 still a bit reticent about talking yeah. about mental health problems and the very prospect yeah. of that group approach some people mm-hmm. might think I don't know if that's for me if mm-hmm. if you know if you're speaking now to a patient who might have been referred to this service are there any other benefits that maybe you would like to highlight to them from this group approach? Yeah. Well, I just find certainly, and I know that's the support from the that support from your peers was really vital, you know, to my recovery. And you know, people were so genuine, and that's that real sort of meaningful conversation that we would have had within the group. Um, you know, really just help it, it helped support yourself and it it helped with your mood and it helped you work through many situations that were, you know, you were going through at that particular time. Um, and, you know, I definitely would have got some solace from the fact that I wasn't in it alone. I didn't feel alone anymore, which is, is how I did feel beforehand. You know, when I felt like, you know, if there was something that was bothering me or there was some particular thing that even like, you know, a couple of years down the line, there were still questions that I had that weren't answers and there were still things that were going on in my head. And, 
I knew that if I spoke about it at the group that um, I knew that nobody would judge me. I knew that nobody would laugh at me. You know, I knew that they would understand that they would get it because there was nothing that they hadn't heard before. There was nothing that those people would have had the same type of emotions, you know. So again, that's just that it was confidential. It was a safe space and there was no judgment from, you know, anyone who was there. And I mean, um, the group would have had um, like a, a volunteer parent and would also have had a, a professional facilitator. So, um, you know, if there ever were things in the group perhaps that came up that people felt uncomfortable with, you know, that that would be addressed and dealt with, you know, um, by, by the member of staff. But it's, I find, for me anyway, it's sort of the group work taught me coping mechanisms and coping skills and things that now, 10 years later, that I can carry through um, and, and use, you know, every day. And I mean, don't get me wrong, like I... I have a good life now and I have a happy life and I have, I have a great family and a great husband and a great job and you know but there are days when I go back there you know and, and that's that's normal you know when there's days go, I go back to that room you know in the Royal Victoria Hospital and I'm standing there you know but um, I now have those sort of skills that I have built up over the years that I, whenever I'm having bad, bad days like that that I can go back and work through you know things that I learned when I was at the group you know and um those things I'm hoping that will carry me through, you know, the rest of my lifetime, you know, and, and they're things that we, we we learned from our peers and we learned, you know, through that that group work. So, um, I mean, I suppose in, in the work that we're doing within Southern Trust, um, obviously one of the things we're hoping for is that we will be able to offer people intervention sooner, you know, the waiting times will be reduced as we begin to launch the groups and, um like certainly there seems there's great enthusiasm for change and there's great enthusiasm for this project. Um, and I feel definitely like there, there's such a richness that can be achieved from, from group work, you know, and um, I would definitely encourage people to give it a go. And yes, it might be daunting at the start, but, you know, you're going to be working alongside very highly trained staff, you know, who have been trained by, you know, Eastland Foundation Trust are the experts in, in mental health innovation you know, and our staff within Southern Trust are going to be so highly trained, you know, and um, so so go with it and give it a chance, you know, and we will be trying to develop like webinars and stuff like that for people who are on the waiting list, you know, so that people, whilst they are sitting, you know, on a waiting list, don't be disheartened, you know, um, we will get to you, you know, and there are a number of things you can do, you know, to look after your well-being whenever you are on the waiting list. Um, so yes, definitely. I feel it, it has taught me a lot of sort of self-resilience and things that I can take with me. I think that's such a powerful message, Lara, for people either watching this or maybe listening on the podcast. If they are in that place that you've described where you were all those years ago, that, that you feel lost and you feel very alone. I think that's good advice to them. You're saying to them, give it a go if they've mm-hmm. been referred to this service. Definitely. Yeah, I would highly recommend it. Oh, look, Lara, I can't thank you enough, um, really, for, for sharing your story with us. And I've no doubt it will give huge hope and, and inspiration um, to people who are struggling with mental health problems today. Thank you. Thank you, Ray.